On dispensers of pets, going out at the cons, Renaissance fest, watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekkie, eh, sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, right? And here's your host, the master of ceremonies, Derek McCoy! Thank you, Mom. That's the most polite intro you've ever given That one was actually pretty good. Yes, uh, this is Derek McCaw, master of ceremonies of and editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. That was veering into respect. It was, it was nice. It was actually, you could tell what he was saying. We are podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. It is Thursday, September 29th. Uh, just before Ape in San Francisco, the Alternative Press Ooh, Expo. That's and tonight, this weekend? And tonight yep. at Elusive. Yeah, we can say it because Rick's going to have this up on Friday, September 30th. So people Ooh. have time to go October 1st and 2nd. I really love that movie they did. Yes, Ape. The Rise of the, rise of the, the planet, planet of, of, Ape. Ape, of Ape. It was very good. All about Alternative Press Comics. Mm-hmm. And how it will take over the world. Well, indeed, after mm-hmm. a plague. How fitting. So, uh, yes, we are podcasting Thursday night. And we are excited because the, tonight is there was a special signing here at Elusive. We have Richard Starkings, the creator, writer of Elephant Man from Image Comics. Uh, we'll be talking to him a little I later. I really love the movie they did, that movie. Uh, Elephant Man, they are actually doing one. So. No, Elephant Man. I'm no. guessing this book is a sequel. The Elephant Man. This is why we didn't oh. want you here to talk to him. So we recorded our conversation with uh, Richard oh, a little God. earlier Lawn free, one hundred percent lawn free. So <laughs> you shame. may want That's to fast shame. forward yeah. right now. Uh, and we also have uh, Shane and Chris Houghton, who are the creators of a book from Image called Reed Gunther, uh, an all ages book. And we talked to them a little earlier. We'll be editing that in slyly. And Sounds delicious. It does. Let's talk some comics. We got comics news, a little movie, just a little movie news. And I don't have anything for TV. Do you want to do the comics news first, then we do the cut-in for those those two, and then we go on? That's what I was going to do. I want to talk, first of all, technology in comics, because here it approaches you, Rick Brechneider. I think you were actually warning me that you thought this was going to happen. It wasn't a warning. It was so much like a... It was a prediction. I prediction. I told you. That Amazon Yep. Uh, got launched uh, Kindle Fire, Fire, the color Kindle this week. Touchscreen color light. Sure. And you know what happened this morning? What? It burnt. DC announced that they've got a deal with Amazon Kindle. Who boy? So you Hacha! There were, there were already other comics uh, announced for that Sure. Well, so, so look, we only care about DC right now. Okay. And, and Archie. But, uh, you know, you can get your Archie Meets Kiss on. I don't know if you can get it on the Amazon Kindle Fire yet. Yeah. Because the Kindle is coming, the Fire is coming out on November 15th, is that right? Yeah. So tell Just me why I should Christmas get this. Have they had the jingles written for it yet? Not yet. So, so don't do it tonight. Pe- don't do it tonight. Save it. Save it. Save it for what? Save it. I don't know. Save it for the November 15th podcast. Oh, is that we'll when they're going to launch it? That's when we're going to launch it. And I'll give you, can I give you a little hint? Okay. You're going to be a monkey on a chain? No. No, uh, baby, you can light my fire. No, come on by my Kindle fire. Yes, okay. Uh, come on, baby, light my fire. So light I'm a little mixed fire. on this one. I'll explain why. Please uh, do. So, so this is actually the third third kindle that you've had to buy 
that no, <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to buy this one right away and I will explain the just explain <laughs> so let me explain something and I will explain, explain that statement there's actually three different Kindles that have come out this week so there's a $74 model that's uh, the smolder uh, 120 I think is something that's those the two are, those two are both black and white one of them is ad supported so the the 74 one I think you get ads why would I want that because it's cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. They're subsidizing it. And yeah, I'm going to find that very So, so yeah. And, and, and wait another month, save up more money, and yeah. not have ads. And then Wait, and can you buy TVs that don't have commercials on them? No. Yes, you can. Oh. Really? They're called they DVDs. Don't plug them in. <laughs> <laughs> you need a separate TV for that, Nate. Until you can actually put that DVD in your forehead. Oh. Hey, uh, so so these first, the first two um, are are the same same kind of Kindle as we had before with the electric ink, black and white. Although they're touchscreen now, so you'd be able to instead of using these uh, joystick like buttons on the side to move menus around, you'd just be able to touch them and, and put your fingerprints all over and the and screen. And advance by touching tapping the screen, which is it's it's a good advancement to over what they had before. Um, my problem is with uh, so and they have uh, Wi-Fi connection as well so no matter where you are you don't yeah, have everyone to be, likes wi-fi you, you i believe it's pronounced weefy yeah so By you so you can either do there you can either get to a wi-fi hotspot or you can do there you have a cellular connection where you can download um the same way as before however the kindle fire which is the top of the line <laughs> eight gigabytes color screen um propane it, powered it, does, it it covers just about every format you can imagine uh, as far as playing both, both, hmm. both books, books, music, and video. So this is a video player as well. Um, doesn't do it. Doesn't do a cellular connection. So you have to hit a a Wi-Fi hotspot to use Weezy. it. Um, <laughs> thank you for correcting. Sure. Keep, sure. Please keep doing that every time I mis- mispronounce it. I don't think you have to tell him. It's sort of like saying you're going to explain it. I know, mm-hmm. but then it's my <laughs> it's fault. It's going to happen. So um, I and I'm I'm thinking it's only a matter of time before they actually they'll come out with another model that will have the cellular built into it too because that's that's what the iPads have is ah. well, to be competitive so you don't have to have a, a wireless because one of the things they've been selling this for is you don't have to have a computer for a Kindle you don't have to you just you hook it up and mm-hmm. you use it and that was true if if you didn't have a computer it's unlikely you've got a wireless hotspot in your house so. You mm. had to have the cellular to download books and stuff. Hmm. Um, it, it's for for a lot of people, it's not going to matter. But for so me, the I point you're making, hold off until they make the one with the cellular. I think that those option. Cell, that'll did, probably be another six months. Do they not have? You think they didn't have the option because what they're trying to do right now is just really beat the price point on an iPad too. That might be part of it. The other thing I believe is that they don't want to get into the same kind of confused state that the iPad is in because if you buy a large app on the iPad, you can't download it using the cellular. They'll actually cap you and say, I'm sorry, you can't download this until you get to a Wi-Fi hotspot. And since the Kindle is part of what they want to do is they want to have Amazon's, uh, if you have an Amazon Prime account, the $70 a year for free shipping, Mm -hmm. you'll also be able to get all the Amazon Prime movies thousands and thousands of movies that you can watch for free on the Kindle Fire. Now, do these All of them Roger Corman films. No, there's actually a lot of good stuff on there. The ones that don't 
Can you there's, hook? There's a lot of good stuff. On the there. ones that don't have the cellular, can you hook them up to a computer to allow faster downloading? Yeah, or? you can. It's it's not it's not all that easy. You don't have an iTunes that it hooks up with. You mm. basically um, there's no well, like I, actually actually I don't know. Mm. Um, the new models are all am, are all Android based, so they're mm. not the the old Kindle software. So, it, but if it if it works anyway, the way the Android phones and tablets work yeah you'll be able to hook it up and it'll it'll mount as a hard disk or as another drive on your computer and you just down you know, copy files to it okay or can you plug like does it have an ethernet like thing just no plug it, right it in does not no? have an ethernet connection okay yeah hmm. all right well i realize uh in tribute to uh richard starkings and his interests uh we're, we're going to uh, be messing with time and continuity right now I said that I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, but I did not mention who, uh, to my right, the announcer, getting up and now... I had, to, I had a scratch. Yes, yeah, I know. Scratch. Thanks. <laughs> if you can guess where, write into sandpaper and at FanboyPlanet.com. I wish I had some Why sandpaper. don't we do video? If That's you, why we if you don't have do questions, video. comments, compliments, commentary, write in. Anyway, yes, you are... Scratchy, uh, scratchy Lopez. Lopez. <laughs> itchy and, Lopez. And, itchy. of course, I like tonight... Who will sit silently through all the interviews? Tell us who you are, ladies and gentlemen. Sitting to Derek McCaw's left. Actually, you're sitting across from him. Well, it's too much. Right, well, oh, well, now you turn around. Let's an angle. angle. Oh, peon of ceremonies, Nate Costa. I like that. He's a little hot. You can get a. Uh, this uh, microphone is hot. Hot mic. Later on, it's we'll, on fire. Later on, as we'll say we will introduce when we talk about our the podcast producer. Uh, so, um, and all that. Why are you going to wait? Because we're playing with time. Oh. Uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, the, uh, the Kindle. No, okay, who are you? <laughs> I read Brett's letter. Sure. sure. Way to roll with Catch a bit. Catch me off guard. Yeah. Catch you scotch guarded? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, on that Kindle Fire, you can get the new 52. And uh, so, of course, here we are. As Nate will complain later, we've talked about the new 52 for three weeks. So, but this there's week's four time. weeks of it. Five. Five. I don't weeks. think it was a complaint. It was just a statement. Oh, just a, just a statement. Ooh, ooh. Or, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a complaint. I think it'll, it'll be, be a, a statement. statement. <laughs> okay. I, I read some. hostility, always. Wow. I read some last week. What did you read last week? I don't remember. Batman was I one of them. That. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? Did you nice art. I think I liked it. I think I liked it better than Detective. I would agree with that. I thought it was a I thought it was it a Scott f- Snyder book. It felt like an old school Batman book. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, had action. It was Batman family. Were yeah. you yeah. excited beforehand for the art? I, I, Who no. was the artist on that? Greg right? Pulo. Greg Pulo. I um, went in expecting nothing. I liked it, but there was something a little cartoony. But but then he's from he's like Todd McFarlane's exactly. Uh, yeah. Acolyte, right. Yeah. Right. So um, I definitely felt that. And that I was, was looking forward weird. to that. I liked that style. So you did enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. So I liked the book. I thought Scott, I, uh, Scott's and I thought it had a nice little twist ending that made everybody go. Oh. I can't remember what it was, but uh, I, I believe the you. DNA under the fingernails. <laughs> 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 I didn't give anything away. Just enough to remind. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. All right. As it compared to what I, I, I had a problem with this week, Batman: The Dark Knight, which was David Finch's. I did not read that book yet. With uh, Paul Jenkins, just that it do, it seems already again editorially there's an inconsistency based on the reboot. The artists, the artists get to redesign everybody the way they want to redesign them. So, 
the villains Let's just go with it. The villains in Arkham look different in this issue than they do in Batman and Robin. Yeah. And I guess there really weren't any old school Arkham villains in Batman or Detective. And the one of them shows up at the end of Dark Knight too, doesn't he? That's what I'm trying to think. Uh, spoiler alert, I haven't read it yet. Okay. Okay. That's that's what I'm saying. We have right. to talk about the Dark Knight. That's where it's different. Okay. Well now, did you read the first or not the first five, the previous five issues of the previous volume of The Dark Knight. I did not. Okay, because they issue one came out, issue two came out a little late, issue three came out way late, late. Yes. and if they had kept up that... Issue uh, five came out first, didn't it? <laughs> no. Yeah, but if they kept up their... Delivered trying to build night. a motif. <laughs> if they kept their speed up, then uh, issue one would have been issue four, but now issue one is issue six. Of that Whoa, title. you just blew my mind. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. They got up to five on the okay. previous, yeah, yeah. and now they're starting over at one. What I was saying, so what I thought was weird is they're going to go one, two, three, and they're like, oh, well, we're rebooting the whole thing, so we're going to start over at one because we're so slow. So what I'm wondering is, is this just a continuation of the story that David yeah, Fincher is trying know. to tell? I don't know. Mm. So I also read the Green Lantern Corpse Oh, core. core. Yeah, yeah. the corpse is something the crops. different. It's right. crops, I believe. Crops, Green Lantern Green crops. crops. Oh, and uh, I'm always a fan. That like book is like one of my favorite books. Like just that title in general. Like mm-hmm. even after a reboot, you give me some Guy Gardner, you give me some 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 green stuff. Didn't the f- in some space didn't adventure? The first part of it kind of fall flat for you. It's like why would they ever have been in that situation? What? Such, oh, the two looking for jobs and. What? Oh, Guy Gardner and John Stewart. And oh, John yeah. Stewart for jobs. Trying to get a coaching job. Oh, like, oh I, dude, I, you're uh, in Green Lantern. You can't coach kids. It's dangerous. No, I Which think that I was agree. okay that for me. That would probably be problematic. Right. Yeah. I just but think I the reboot, why do people know that he's a Green Lantern? If because they're not rebooting the Green Lantern. It's just continued. No, but the whole the whole DC Universe rebooted there. But it didn't. No, no I know. not for that. I know. I'm just saying. You know what I think? That is a problem. Absolutely. You know how I think you can explain that, though? Because if we're going off the premise that Flashpoint changed it and rebooted it which we're not sure if it did or not flashpoint only happened on earth whereas the space time space continuum has been i'm just saying their green lantern people this. are out in space and doing their thing so they're not going to have major repercussions and so no one in the core is going to go how what's up with the collar is a collar now? No, it, did, now, it didn't yeah. just happen on Earth because it. I mean, you've got it's the whole the thing Sinestro about out yeah. there and. But that, I thought that Oa happened in the war, though. I thought that happened. Did. happened as but, part but, of but the I think everything. War. But even Sinestro has the high collar, so the redesign. Okay, is so <laughs> so um, may, but that but could no, have happened anyway. But like right, that could just the Guardians could have said, "Hey guys, we need to reboot our outfits." Again, the regular Legion of Superheroes book made again very specific reference to. Oh yeah, flashpoint happened. Yeah, and we can't. And they say it that uh, way. So the wall, and the we can't. There's the, the flashpoint, the flashpoint, flashpoint break wall, wall. break wall, break right. wall. And so super, we can't contact Superman for a while. Yeah. So and, and if you did, yeah. by the way, he's just a reverse colored Mon L now. We can't um, do it until the they need a boost. So if I may it. say, yeah, that's that. I realize that's finally that's finally I realize what bothered me about the costume redesign on Superman. Mm. It looks like Mon L costume. Yeah. With the colors reversed. Is he the same character? I thought Monel wore no, blue No, but Monel has the same powers. Oh, okay. No, Monel does not. It's he didn't wear any underwear? No. Well, he might wear underwear. I don't know if he's going <laughs> he's commando. Commando. No, Notoriously commando. I, over. No, I think at one point they drew him originally with okay. with the blue underwear, and they dropped it a long time. I think Dave Cockrum got rid of it in Legion. All right. So He originally had boxers on the outside. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, weird. Yeah. With smiley faces. Uh, so, uh, so what? Who cares? So, so there we go. Uh, so... 
and this week also DC hired the Nielsen Company to survey readership. Wait, did you time. take that survey? I did. I did. Did you? Yeah, I didn't qualify. I Wait, took the aren't survey. those the twins that sing? How did you not I don't know. I got to the end and said, "Sorry, you don't qualify for this survey." Oh, oh that would have made me. Really? What? What are you? What did you say? Like, were, was it your prison days? No, they didn't ask anything about that. That's weird because I got. Well, could we contact you later? Oh. Yeah, I got that too. Well, yeah. f you guys. Hmm. I guess we're cooler. I don't know. I wrote. Dirtier. Did you write comments down? <laughs> I did. Did you write comments down? I wrote some comments. Okay, Nate had. I did too. Comments. I yeah. Maybe I, they looked at his eye. I only wrote one comment. Most of them were in a. I used all but one character of my ability to write comments. <laughs> Wait, where did you get these things? There's a link on bleeding and bleeding cool. Oh, so uh, you could apply yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you just link I got it an email from mycomicshop.com, which is Lone Star Comics in Texas. Oh, okay. And then apparently the Nielsen people were actually out at some comic book stores surveying people as they walked out of the shops. And what did they want to know? Uh, what well, you which, bought, which, what you thought. Which ones are you going to read again? Are you buying no. to collect? Are you buying to read? Are you are, are you buying extra copies? Are you, are you buying, buying because digital? of the artwork? Are you buying because of the writer? Right, right. And Interesting. But in the survey, did you notice there's a 53rd title mentioned? Oh, I yeah. I did notice another one. one and, I didn't, uh, and I put I never heard of it because I thought yeah. it was a yeah. trick. Narak. Yeah, I saw that. N-E-R-A-K. It's a trick. Karen spelled backwards. It's a trick. I think it was, too. No, that's... No, I think that... Karen's I, with an E, though. Yeah, in E R A K. Oh, I thought you said in A. Okay. No. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was. I, I it thought was, that was trying weird. to make sure people weren't going down and saying liked it, liked it, liked it, or didn't like it, didn't like it, didn't like it. And right. I put not applicable because I have no idea what that I was. I've never heard of it. Yep. That's right. So, um, but maybe there is a, f- a mysterious fifty-third title. That's the red-headed woman. Ah! But if there is a mysterious fifty-third title, why who, would they have never solicited? Who does it show up in uh, Weird Westerns? Did you see? Did she show up in All Star Western? Yes, she it's does. Not weird she Western. has to. It's All Star. I know. She's in every she book, Derek. She's the new monitor. Yeah, I'll, the I'll show you. The quasi monitor. Uh, she's the red monitor. The red, ooh. like the Red Hulk. Oh, she's gonna be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Thunderbolt Ross has changed universes. <laughs> oh no! Merged with access and the genders. <laughs> so. She's Betty Ross. Ah, uh, there we go. Is that who the Red She Hulk is? Is that Betty yeah. Ross? Yeah. Oh. Like father, like daughter. Someday I will read the trade paperback collections. No, and go. save yourself. Really? Mm-hmm. Can you just loan me the books? Wait until no, no. Don't read the Loeb one. Read the Parker stuff after. Okay. Okay. Um, so, did anybody read Batgirl? Yes. Was, was it good? Uh, I thought Batgirl was pretty good. Okay. All right. This is one of those awkward moments. Lon reveals that he doesn't read Fanboy Planet. Uh, oh yeah, no! I've I seen all your reviews and stuff. I just haven't had time to I read them. I reviewed Batgirl. <coughs> so. Uh, that I did. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. I thought I was pretty accessible too. I've read everything so far. What about Teen Titans that came out? Teen Titans was interesting. If you're looking at it from that, the reboot is trying to kind of reach out and be of a certain say, uh, appeal to a certain age group. It's kind of the paranoid teens <coughs> on the run thing. The uh, so, um, like, but with like a mil- multi-million dollar uh, backing and salary, right? Um, so, Kid Flash. They haven't revealed who Kid Flash is. They're saying he's <coughs> no connection to the Flash at all. And it starts kind of like it's kind of uh, like um, where uh, Speedball turned into Penance. What was that event? Uh, oh, Civil Marvel. War. Civil War. Yeah. So uh, that Kid Flash messes up <laughs> at this mansion in Westchester County, and actually, so basically, burns down the X Men mansion uh, in in New York. And uh, so they go, "Oh, this kid's powers are out of control, but he escaped." Oh, there she is. Yeah. And uh, so 
Right there. In so the then, uh, Red Robin, who is uh, Tim Drake, is is saying is monitoring oh, yeah. all this stuff and saying, "Okay, not red, I've got to save." Tim Drake feels like this obligation to find uh, teenage superpowered people before the government agency, which is apparently taking them out. Would this government agency be Checkmate? Uh, no, I can't remember what they call it. No, I think it was Nowhere. N O W. Oh yeah, that's the ones that made uh, Superboy. Or no, okay, right, because Superboy shows that, it's yeah, the it's going to be tied in. Cadmus. Right, the new Cadmus. Right. And uh, so he meets Cassie Sandsmarks, the new Wonder Girl. Um, and it's really those three characters. Again, not a great job of introducing a whole bunch of the cast that appears on the cover, but at least trying to set up what's going on in the world. So you have four of the of the heroes show up. All right. Um, so I, I could see where teens, like younger teens, like 13 to 15, would probably really be into... Again, there's this audience for, of kids who've read things like The Hunger Games and the Percy Jackson books. Yeah. That they're, that they, they're creating titles that are kind of like that in a vibe. That the adults are out to get us. Um, and, okay. You know, All so. Right. so I got a couple more. Give me a buy, read, or pass. All right. Okay. Savage Hawkman. Pass. Okay. Uh, where's the other one I was looking at? Um, oh, Aquaman. Buy. Derek loved Aquaman. I loved Aquaman. Or as really? he is should be called, Aquaman. There's a little love letter on or Fanboy Planet. Rockwoman. I, mean, I tried to buy it, but they're sold out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Flash. Um. Buy. I was okay with it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Flash uh, is the whole reason this thing happened, so you have to get Flash. But there's nothing in it that says, because it's he doesn't remember Flashpoint. There's but we remember Flashpoint, Derek. Right. So, um, you know, <laughs> all right. I, I didn't want a big review. I know because Firestorm. You're, you're, uh, bye. Interesting. Really? Yeah, that one is written by uh, Ethan Van Syver, right? With not, Gail Simone. But Ethan y- Van Syver is not, not on art. Uh, no, Ildre Sinar, or is that how you pronounce it? Ildre Sinar. Uh, it's good art. It's a, it's a different story. It's a different origin, though, using Jason Rush and Ron Ren, and it really is a reboot. Cool. That acknowledges past of the pa- you know past of it, and there we go. And I would say buy on this All Star Western. Yeah, I it, really loved the art by Moritat. Fabulous, and we'll someday figure out where Gotham City is. What about Superman? I didn't love it. I didn't love it either. I thought it was a mess Who's as far as the storyline. George Perez. Uh, what about Green Lantern New Guardians? Didn't love it. Waste of time for me. Interesting, because it retells Kyle's origin. Okay. So if you don't know that, okay, you'd probably enjoy it, but I don't think it explains enough about the other core. What about I Dark think. Justice League? Justice League Dark. That mm. sounds like a candy. Or an ice cream. Have you it tried sounds like a Justice Marvel League comic. Dark. dark Wolverine or Dark yeah. Rain or um, Dark, dark anything Avengers. else. I was not all that excited by that either. I wanted to. There's all a lot of characters I do like. Great cover. Not all that into the inside. Hmm. So, I Vampire. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it. Um, I thought it was cool. And the only thing that I don't like about I Vampire, and it's not the, uh, the it's not Joshua Hale Fialkov's fault or the mm-hmm. you know, it's that it's tied into the rest of the DC universe. They for all right. their, for all their claiming 
that anybody can come in and they expect that no one's going to cross over, they're still putting all these seeds so that people go, oh, because it's very specifically mentioned. You're vampires. What are you going to do with people like Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman? Which, by the way, Wonder Woman, buy. That is great. That Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang, Wonder yeah. Woman. They came out this book. week? Last week. Last came week. out last week. Mm. It was great. We didn't do a podcast <laughs> last week, so we kind of missed that. It was. I loved that. Yeah. I, I was not prepared for how much I was going to love it. Because I've liked Azarello's work. I've never gone like, oh, fantastic. I'm just a like, little pantheon exhausted, though. I'm sure, a, I'm, but but for a new reader, that's what they expect. Yeah. What are they going to come in? And it's a, it's a different take. And again, if you're a kid who's read Percy Jackson, the Rick Reardon books, and the Lost sure, Hero, sure, sure. it's like, here we go. This is a little, uh, they get to feel, oh, this is a little more grown up. And We're, speaking of a little more grown up, completely set fire to every copy of Red Hood and the Outlaws you have. <laughs> no good. No. Terrible. It's like they've turned uh, they've turned uh, Starfire into a blow up if doll. I, was, I like that. If I was 15 years old, well, when I was 15 years old and had not yet seen a naked woman, I still would have written a better story. Is this still on the shelves? Yeah. Last week. Okay, now we've so got what, rid of what about uh, what about uh, Blackhawks? I, I thought it was kind of mediocre. I thought it was it, it exceeded expectations for me. I like Blackhawks, but I cannot buy Blackhawks based on the last page. Um, I got two words for you: nanobots. You don't like yeah. nanobots, or they call them nanosites. Nanosites, yeah. But um, yeah, I just thought it was just a reveal. I mean, and they weren't. Thanks and, for the spoiler, Lon. And and lame for me to say, but <laughs> they're not black. It's not Blackhawk to me at all. There was um, nothing recognized. I at least give me Jan Prohaska. Here, some character named Jan part. Prohaska. At some I, point. I would agree with you, except it was GI Joe. That's it, what it is. It was GI Joe crossed with Shield, and yeah. and you know, it's a United Nations initiative. It's secret, and I just didn't think the layouts were very conducive to telling the story well. So it, the, the funny thing is, for me, was. I, I I liked the story. I, I for for me that was the kind of GI Joe story I'd like to read. The idea that that because they get they get the photograph taken of their logo and that's a big that's no no no. There's a there's a, one of the women uh, one of the groups is in the photo. Oh, she's in the photo. I didn't yes, see that. Yes. Okay. So that's All why. right. I got one more for you, and then we can move on. Got one more for you, and we can move on. Okay. Uh, buy, pass, or skip. Wait. Wait. The Buy, read, bo- or pass. Yeah. Okay. Bomb Queen, Gang Bang. Not part of the New 52. But oh, since, we're only doing New 52. But since we like Jimmy Robinson as a person, yeah. bye. He's local. He's been on the podcast. He's a great fuzzy, guy. Fuzzy, fuzzy. Yeah, stop, okay. tu- stop Jimmy touching Robinson your the same as James Robinson? No, different guy. Wait. Oh, weird. Yeah. What I, I actually like this weekend. I don't know if it's in stores all across, but... Um, but Anna at Elusive has the uh, DC Super Pets uh, kids books, and so I picked up the one with the Green Lantern pets, which don't really exist in DC continuity. But that's holy funny. moly! And um, yeah, Lon's looking at Red Hood and the Outlaws because we said, "Gee, Lon, it appeals to a 15-year-old uh, boy who's never seen a woman," and he went, "Awesome!" Actually, the art's pretty awesome. I didn't say the art was bad. I just think it's a really badly written book. Orange whore and the Red Hoods. Yes, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Um, <laughs> a frozen tasty treat, but they did. Uh, they didn't go back to um, Perez's um, Starfire, and she says I'm a lot of the this. same things. She just doesn't say it quite the same. No, way. she doesn't say it the same way. And no, I, I it, no, I. Uh, when they released, she that looks on the like same, a sexual predator. But here's what they, Why can't they released, you let Starfire grow up? 
they released this the same week as they went back and did the finally the graphic novel Teen Titans right. games with Marv Wolfman and and George Perez art. It's long in the in the brewing this graphic novel, which is classic who Starfire is. And my problem with it is not only did you have an example of the creator of the character writing the character, right? She was right. always a little more sexually free, right. and that's not my issue. This is she's a blow-up doll with a couple of, with a sound chip. And she's got amnesia, sexual and, uh, amnesia. Well, what? it's not amnesia. It's like, yeah, they say that, that people don't matter to her. She just she lives she, for violence She forgets sex. who she's had sex with. So, sounds like the best comic so Roy, ever. So Roy Harper breaks the bro code. He's, he admits that his best friend, Dick Grayson, used to be engaged to her. Can, can I read this? Uh, we're gonna just, can just you read? spell it all out before I buy it. We don't have to. You're not reading it to read it. I'm gonna read no, it. No, that's not what you're. I'm gonna doing. read it all night long. Uh, yeah, and uh, and the thing is that Starfire. Why we have Cyborg at the forefront in Justice League? Why we have Starfire be, being in a book with only? She's three not in the forefront. She's, well, in the she's back. all the way back, but they raise her up enough so you can see. But she's still covered. Wow, this I'll, I'll give I'll give them this much on the art here. Uh, Arsenal's head with a baseball cap is actually larger than Starfire's uh, decolletage. Why is he wearing a baseball cap? Exactly, it's that kind of stupid. Oh, they're hip and grungy and and maybe he's things. maybe he's but the quietly is balding. That these characters, uh, not Red Hood, but but Starfire and Cyborg are there because kids grew up watching the Teen Titans cartoon. Yeah. So they're going to say, "Oh, I know who Cyborg is. I know who Starfire is." And this one, they're going to look at the cover and go, "Oh, cool, Deadpool." Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think that's yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. I, so why are we complaining? Cuz it's not for us. We get it. Yeah, and I'm not going to buy it again. So I look at this cover, honestly, like you said, if I was a 14-year-old boy, I not just for the boobage or the cleavage, but it's got a dude with I'm guns. Teach you that word, decolletage. What is decolletage? That's the fancy educated person's way of saying boobage. Oh, is it like saying derriere? Yes. Oh, you fancy. <laughs> fancy way of saying lawn. Uh, but it's got a guy with guns getting shot at by other guns. It's got a guy with a bow and arrow shooting at the guys with guns. <laughs> it's got a hot chick with, what'd you call it? Collagetage? Decolletage. Decolletage. Decopage. It's very different. Decolletage <laughs> shooting laser beams out her hands with green eyes and flowing red hair. Why would I not buy this? Because you're a rational thinking person? No. No, no that has nothing Have to do Have you met my friend Lon? No, mm-hmm. I have. Oh, look he, at he's that! He's my friend too. I know. Oh, I d- do did you in. Hear, but did you in. hear the? Uh, no, let's no. We're giving it way too much attention. Um, I'm going to give it a lot more attention. How about what's going on with Marvel, Derek? Yeah, hey, how, have you heard about the Point One Initiative? I have. Remember when the Point One Initiative was coming out last year? Yeah, and they did. Uh, Point ones already, but they're doing yes. new point ones for the same books that they've already done point ones they're for. Doing a, they're doing one book called Point One. I know they're doing a book called Point One, but you know who the first writer is? Point Jeff Loeb. <laughs> yes. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Avengers sixteen point one is coming out. I'm pretty sure they already did Avengers twelve point one. Uh huh. Wasn't that supposed to be the jumping on point? Now four right. issues later, they're doing a brand new jumping well, on you point. You know perfectly. A lot well of people why jumped off. It. You know exactly why they're doing it. Because they're jerks. No, well, because because DC launches the new 52. They've sold out of almost every title they have. They've gone over 100,000 on a print run for almost every title. And Marvel has a couple books that sell that well. 
So this is Marvel's well, way. Wasn't Avengers one of those books? Wasn't Avengers their big? Hey, we're redoing Avengers. They got a number one and New but Avengers number one and Secret Avengers number no. one, and they're only yeah. up to sixteen. I'll tell you what. And the other thing is, the fear itself apparently has really just tired people out. Yeah, fart itself. The sales <laughs> have just gone. There you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So we so we're getting that, and it says yes. They're laying out all of 2012 in Marvel. If you buy the point one special that comes out in November. Which has about eight different writers on it. And I'm sure what it is, is it's going to be DC used to do that too. They had like the dollar book that had, well, the issue yeah. that, that Ted Corp right. got killed in. Right, right. It was a dollar. I have a feeling Marvel's going to charge five ninety nine to their zombies for this. I know they are. A 64-page giant size spectacular of nothing but teases and taunts. Art that we're going to use again case, later. In which case, in terms of your comics value... Then comparatively, Red Hood and the Outlaws number one would be a good buy. <laughs> it's going to be the first buy. eight pages of eight books that are going to have the same eight, eight pages, pages in them anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We, we're on to you, Marvel. We got your number. And it's point one. What's next? Ooh. Uh, Holy Terror. Frank Miller's Holy Terror came out yesterday. Did you read it? It's up there. No, I have not. Okay, I'm going to read you? it this weekend. Okay. Uh, I got Did you a, buy it? How much does it cost? Uh, it's like twenty nine ninety five, but uh, uh-huh. the publisher's... Given me Sent you a copy. A, a, no, the magic electronic mail uh, I see. I cannot, unfortunately, pass it along. It is Understood. not something that I could. No, I mean, I really can't. It's, Understood. Yes, okay. So, um, and, and I would, and I, but I can't. Why don't we all gather around your computer and read it? That would be great. Except I don't want or to. Or why don't we just it. pull it off the shelf right here and read it right we now? We could do that. Um, so, that's all the uh, comic books I have, except, of course, that we have tonight, Richard Starking. So, if we may... Segue smoothly to sitting down. Here, let me help. Starkings. Here we are sitting with Richard Starkings, uh, a man whose career has spanned a lot of great moments in comics, uh, recent comics history. Uh, he is the uh, founder of Comic Craft and a writer on ele- creator and writer of Elephant Men from Image Comics. So please welcome Richard. Thanks for sitting down Thank with us. Yay. Well, great to have you. We're here at Elusive. We've just been signing for about two and a half hours. Very British. Is, is your golf class yes, going on? There. Is your uh, your wrist sprain from all the signing you've you've been doing tonight? Uh, all good. You know, it's uh, my first. Um, I haven't been to signing for about two months, which is a long break for me. So uh, this is a nice warm up for Ape, and we're signing at Fantastic Comics tomorrow as well. Oh, Va- fantastic, fantastic Comic. Where that's the new comic relief. That's the okay. comic book store that's in the location. That's Eric Larson's. Show. That is that's right. Very logical then. Image Comics. Eric yes. <laughs> Image Savage own. Dragon. Oh, right. That one. That Eric Larson with well, a K. Yes. Nate is a huge fan there. So, um, all right. So I, I mentioned comic books. You started out as a as a letterer in, in the industry. You were working for 2000 AD, and you are the guy that you kind of, I don't know if you necessarily pioneered, but you certainly perfected the digital lettering and... I, uh, yes, I was the main proponent of digital lettering because... Um, I, w- I would credit David Cody Weiss with breaking digital lettering into comics, um, but he got so much resistance and, and pretty much sort of gave up, backed out, um, and I I came in after him. I was very fortunate to have the ear of a lot of Marvel editors because I'd worked as a Marvel editor for 
four and a half years in England. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, I didn't start out... Officially I, called Marvel UK. Marvel the, UK, based in London at the time. But honestly, in England, do they just say Marvel? But over No, here we, we say, say Marvel UK. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is digital lettering? Well... Digital lettering, we use our fingers. You use your fingers yeah. to letter? <laughs> so it's like uh, paint. Any pa- kind paint, of paint. Any kind of lettering. Well, you know, the That's thing is... I just assumed that if the people had downloaded this podcast, they knew digital, but okay. <laughs> Pen lettering used to be called hand lettering. But, of course, you still use your hands to hit the keyboard. So really, digital lettering is a tool. It's a way of creating letters digitally on screen. Um... All lettering in comic books used to be on the board hmm. after penciling. You know, because the studio system in America perfected the pencils, letters, inks, colors, the sort of um, progression. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, the studio approach being um, Model T Ford. What's the what's the word? The assembly line. Assembly, assembly line. line. Thank you. Um, so it was assembly line comics. We didn't do it that way in England. In England. You did your pen lettering on what was called crack and peel. Ah. So you would then stick it onto the inked artwork. So the <coughs> artwork in England would be inked when the letterer got to see it most often. When I started working at Marvel UK, I wanted to work the American way to speed up some of our artists because when you do the lettering on the pencils, the inker has less to ink. And in fact, mm-hmm. From, uh, you know, I lettered The Killing Joke, um, working with Brian Bolland, and he actually loved that he wouldn't have to ink, and in fact, drew less and less. So I, I lettered on um, increasingly sparse breakdowns um, on The Killing Joke. So at the end, some of the expressions on the faces weren't there because Brian wanted to know what he would draw because mm. he didn't want to waste time drawing a background. There was a, I think it was a merry-go-round in the funfair sequence in The Killing Joke and I and there was a great big balloon it was Alan Moore mm-hmm. there was a lot of dialogue um, and he was really sort of crushed that he'd spent so much time on that merry-go-round and it was lost mm-hmm. you know, because I'd stuck a balloon over it because it was already inked so, that, so he and I started working together so that he would have to draw less and then suffer less from what was mm-hmm. covered up and I was a Marvel UK editor at the time and we were always looking for ways to speed up the process so I actually introduced the idea of lettering on the boards before it was inked uh, to Marvel UK. Um, And ironically, I wish I hadn't done that now because the beauty of digital lettering is that the artwork is intact. Mm. There are no holes in the artwork when it goes to foreign translation or something like that. And I always felt that the beauty of having a font um, for a book would mean that in any language it would look the same. It used to frustrate uh, the hell out of me when I saw, as I did, I saw a reprint of The Killing Joke by Comics USA, and it was a beautiful hardcover, but it was somebody else's pen lettering in the space left my balloons, and sometimes they'd have to shrink the lettering or make it bigger mm-hmm. because the language is so different. But the beauty of digital lettering is you, you take that layer away, and you recreate the lettering from scratch. So specifically, there's a font that's created for the lettering. Well, And you have several fonts. We have over 250 font families that now. might be used in in, mul- in one issue, or how many? No, no, no. Um, I'm the geek. I'm the, the techno geek here. So, well, I always envisage when I worked at Marvel UK as a uh, design and production artist. Um, I don't know if you remember Letraset. 
Yes, I do. Dry transfer lettering. Mm-hmm. Those sheets of letter set were incredibly expensive, and we were always under pressure from management not to spend so much money on letter sets. So we would actually do bromide photographic copies of the sheets of lettering to duplicate letters so that we didn't have to use so much dry transfer lettering. And they were £12 a sheet in England, mm-hmm. which is 20 dollars $25 in mm-hmm. the 80s. So at the back of my mind, I was like, there's money to be made in letter set. There must be money to be made in digital lettering, selling them. Because I, I thought as a, as a young lettering artist, I would have loved to have a library of fonts to choose from, especially when we were doctoring American comics, changing the word neighborhood to the way it's correctly spelled. <laughs> Are you yeah. throwing all those extra vowels, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually, in actual fact, I spelt neighborhood with a U in um, Killing Joke, and they had to fix that but we were doing it the other way around we were actually um anglicizing american Mm -hmm. words um which we did less of as time went on but it would have been great to have joe rosen font tap 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 Mm -hmm. there's the correct you know the correct english spelling um but i was actually doing pen lettering corrections on the film you know pre-digital days we had sheets of film we had the black paint. I would scratch off the emulsion off the back mm-hmm. of the incorrect spelling and then recreate it. Right. And what I liked to do was I didn't like to just squeeze the O and the U where the O was. I would scratch out the whole word and then re-letter it so that it was, you mm-hmm. know, sort of like... Trying to make it seamless. Seamless, yeah. yeah. And it was very, very difficult. So all these, all these sort of production headaches that I went through uh, at Marvel UK, one time we did a reprint of a Italian comic book version of Pinocchio the Disney Pinocchio and I was the editor and the letterer on the book so I had to scratch off all the Italian lettering I got a special screening at Disney this is pre-video days um, of Pinocchio at the Disney screening theatre in London I had to take notes of dialogue watching it knowing what Mm -hmm. 26 page adaptation of the movie so it's like compressed and then I had to letter it and rewrite it to fit the balloon sh- spaces. So all these sort of thoughts in my head were like, it would be so much easier if, if the artwork was complete. Right, so you're not even serving, in, the, in those days, not even so much as, as just letterer, it is adapter. You are, if you're rewriting we, for... If we could do the job for one price... <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, so. that, that was probably, yeah, I did that over the weekend, so that was a freelance job. Mm-hmm. And because I could edit, write, and letter, I was the best person for the job. Because you otherwise you'd have to pay three people and, and the price would always be high. The only person, I think we may have paid a translator, and I, I just ignored the translation because it was so, I wanted to mm-hmm. get the, the closest to the actual dialogue. And there were no scripts in those days. There was no, I'll email you a PDF of the script. There was no, you know streaming video or just put it on a guy yeah. on a pony's yeah. back and exactly. have that pony ride from town <laughs> yeah. to town yeah. right? hand it off to another pony fresh right. pony and then we get shot in the back yes yeah. <laughs> so and then you form comic craft with the digital and the big thing is there that you now sell these fonts to letters all across the industry and outside of the industry and uh, what is the website on that There's comicbookfonts.com um, we have a very popular sale on January the 1st we sell every font at 20 next year it'll be $20.12 whatever year it is uh, um, and we do that on January the 1st because uh, you know we really want people to be able to to buy our fonts 
at a good price, you know, mm-hmm. the people that don't have the budget. So January the 1st is when all the advertising agencies and corporations are on holiday. But all the people who are hobbyists or on a limited budget know about our sale. This will be our 12th year of the sale. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a chance to sell it, sell it at a reasonable price um, before we go back up to the prices that uh, now I'm, I'm, provide I'm, I'm, our livelihood. I'm actually a candidate to go out and buy stuff there. But would you have a... Uh would you have like a starter pack, like a good set of fonts? If you can you do. Don't a, have any that reusable. Um, there, there, are, there is a, a basic font pack called the Zap Pack, which is for the uh, computer novice. Okay. You know, we, we we actually get a lot of phone calls. They buy our Zap Pack because it's it's just thirty dollars, um, but they actually don't even know how to load the font. Oh. Um, a lot of people think that lettering software will do everything for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't realize it's not Illustrator, that it's not a, um, a program, that it right. is a font. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of people don't use a computer and don't even realize they're using fonts. Um, even though 20 years ago we didn't really use the word font. We talked about lettering. Now people say to me, what font do you use? Um, it's a typeface. It's a typeface, yeah. yeah. But, but you'd also say lettering style. Mm. So you would hire Todd Klein because of his lettering style and you'd hire uh, Joe Rosen because of his style Um, and I always felt limited by that I always felt like well I want to use a style that suits the artist's work and one thing we did was we created fonts based on the lettering styles of people like Tim Sale Joe Madureira J. Scott Campbell so that the line work of the lettering matched the line Mm -hmm. work and it became more seamless and I remember when Mobius drew Silver Surfer for Epic Comics, mm-hmm. he had a whole essay in the back about how the lettering should be a part of the artwork. And, and even though, as a lettering artist, um, it unsettled me that he said that, I totally agreed. Mm-hmm. So the, the computer allowed us to marry lettering style and create, a, because lettering should be invisible. You know, the, mm-hmm. the irony of. Um, any recognition of lettering is that the more noticeable it is, then maybe it's not as good as it should be because it should be part mm-hmm. of the artwork. Um, but, um, you know, it was sort of a logical progression for me of all the production work and editorial work I did at Marvel UK. Mm-hmm. And so your work with Comic Craft then leads us into why you're coming up to Ape and why you're here signing tonight is you created a mascot for your company, Hip Flask. I did. The... Uh, gumshoe detective uh, hippo information agent In- information agent I'm sorry yes uh, but, but most people seeing the first images the posters uh, or the flyers that you had done for it it's the classic noir, know, noir look yeah. uh, so he's an information agent because it's set in the future um, and that became a series of comics and became which then kind of morphed into elephant men yes. so I guess I, my question was you know, how that process happened, and I think I just answered it. But <laughs> Well, it was actually a little bit more complicated than that, but um, when I started... Um, uh, when, when we started selling the fonts at comicbookfonts.com, um, we did... I thought to myself, well, the best way to sell these fonts is to see them in action. So mm-hmm. I actually approached first... Wildstorm, um, with the idea when that there was one, that yes. it would be the official Wildcats font that we would sell, and and um, really nobody knew what to do with that. the The digital market, the internet, had not taken off, mm-hmm. 
So they sort of ummed and ahed, and I went to Bob Harris, who's the editor of the X-Men, with the same sort of proposition, you know, selling the official X-Men font, because we were lettering both Wildcats and X-Men at the time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, then, you know, I just got so frustrated with the fact that nobody really knew what I was offering. I thought, well, why don't I create my own character um, so I can custom make pe- comic book pages? And we had enough money that we could commission some artwork. So I, st- I started looking into that. Um, but, you know, the, the nature of... Uh, once you come up with th- that idea, you think, well, who's the character? And mm-hmm. once you come up with that character, you think, well, what's his story? So... Even in the early days of creating Hip Flask, I had an idea what kind of stories he would be, be mm-hmm. in. And um, so a lot of people say gumshoe, whereas I thought, no, Blade Runner. You know, mm-hmm. people, the way people react, mm-hmm. to me, even though people look at Blade Runner and say, noir, private mm-hmm. detective, no, he's a Blade Runner. He, he's, he's a killer. He kills mm-hmm. um, replicants. So when people started projecting their ideas about what hip flask was i was like wait a minute that's not right i I need to write these stories and i'd I'd asked a couple of friends to come up with ideas for stories and they they went right down that um noir gumshoe um you know uh, raymond chandler direction i was like no it's not what i am envisaging so increasingly i had to um create illustrations working with people like Ian Churchill and Brian Bolland that more precisely captured what I had in my mind not even realizing that I had such a specific idea in mind and I am a big science fiction fan and I Blade Runner is my favorite movie Mm. Um, you know and I envisaged a time travel story because I love time travel paradoxes one of my other favorite movies is Back to the Future Part 2 which is the Mm -hmm. whole um, yeah paradox and the overlapping layers of time so the hip flash story is actually a time travel story but it's unfinished because ladrone is still working on Mm -hmm. issue four (laughs) um which sort of brought me around to image approached me about um doing hip flask as a ongoing series so i created a prequel series which is, which, is Man. which is why I'm here <laughs> at Elusive Comics. Well, and, and it is on my way to say that's, that's when I started reading Element, I could not put it together as far as where things were going, and so it actually it felt like a time travel story that I was reading it out of order. And you know, um, and I know we're going to get onto this later, but Stephen Moffat said at a, a Doctor Who convention a few years ago that um, somebody said, you know, why do you um, why do your stories often um, chronologically out of order including coupling including a lot of his mm-hmm. uh, shows pre-Doctor Who and he said well when you get to know someone you don't get to know them in chronological order they tell you the stories that are appropriate mm. to the questions or the situations it's kind um, of brilliant. that you you know ask them about mm-hmm. so you know we, ha- we haven't got to know each other in chronological order no that's true you know the, even the questions in this interview aren't necessarily in chronological order um, so I already had that sort of concept of, well, I know there's a war, but I'm not going to tell that story yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when it was appropriate to tell that story, I told that story, and then I went back to my prequel. And I also have to write the last episode of Hip Flask for Ladrone, which has changed slightly. The, the ending is the same, but the stories that I've fed into it have changed, mm-hmm. the, the, the content, which is actually kind of exciting because you can change 
um, the meaning of a story by a prequel to that story so that readers that will then come to that story in chronological order sorry air quotes um, <laughs> which play well on the podcast <laughs> they do <Yeah. laughs> we put in a sound um, effect later yes. okay <laughs> so um, you know and, and in fact um, uh, Anna here was saying you know, about ordering the books actually Steve was asking about what order they come in we're putting out a zero volume in November and the chronological order will be zero one two three four and uh-huh. that's that's you, that's all you need to read them in, in order of. Think about you know when Elektra was introduced in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, now people think of Elektra as a character that all was was in the Daredevil uh, continuity mm-hmm. since forever, because Frank Miller wove her in right. in one story, Daredevil mm-hmm. one sixty nine, a woman from his past, and he told a story about this girl that was at college with him or something that he met many years mm-hmm. ago and she comes back into his life and at the end of that story you've compressed five years and you think that character's always been around yeah so it, it, <laughs> what I do is nothing new but because anyone our age you know anyone mm-hmm. in their 30s or 40s has grown up knowing about Marvel Comics my children have never known a time when there was no Star Wars anyone over under 35 has never known a world without Star Wars so we've grown up <laughs> which sounds kind of crazy wow. when you say it yeah. like that. Wow. So it sounds perfectly reasonable a world without Star Wars <laughs> imagine that kids yeah or, or prior to that a world without Disney so you know but, but so we we accept certain things about mm-hmm. characters continuity but when you're doing a new comic like Elephant Man or you know Chris and uh, Shane are doing Reed Gunther people are, n- are new to it they don't understand the rules but there's a lot of continuity and you know Marvel has had to put out three magazines explaining how to read their trade paperbacks and hardcovers es- how the essentials fit in with the right. mm-hmm. masterworks how the current one how, you know Fantastic Four there were four volumes by Jonathan Hickman and they just renumbered them from number one with FF number one mm-hmm. because of this sort of pressure on creating a new number one a new series that's not Fantastic Four Volume Seventy Eight. Mm-hmm. You know that's what it should be. There should be it should be that easy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier for us to create books in uh, numerical order, let's say. Right. But the Marvel and DC continuity is extremely complicated to no. anyone that well, hasn't grown up on it. There we go. Then let's open that can of worms. Boom, you brought it, we put it on the table and you're lettering for the new Batman, which is really the old Batman with a new costume. Um, you know, have you had a chance to read any of the new 52? I, I haven't read anything other than Batman, but I think it's a great idea to reboot, to slow things down and sort of make things a little bit more reader-friendly. Um, I think the industry has been suffering from too much continuity, too many collections. Uh, you know, if you go to, if, if you watch a Superman movie and you go to the comic book store and you look on the shelf and you say, where do I start? Mm-hmm. Where do you start? Where do you start with Superman? Grant Morrison's Action Comics, number one. Uh, <laughs> or uh, All-Star All Star Superman. Superman but, but you have to have someone like us in the store already telling you. Yes. yes. Which we've done Even the reboot the is complicated. It's further complicating, especially if you think about the Ultimates. You know, the Ultimates was one or two titles. Now, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I worked on Ultimates, number one. I couldn't tell you what has happened in the Ultimates universe in the mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. uh, however many years, 10, 12 years. So you've got 
this universe, you got that universe. It, it, it just rebooted again. And yeah, and, and though you've done side yeah, miniseries telling other pieces of, of Elephant Man, you've stayed. It's still pretty focused, and you are completely in control. Because I'm the only writer. Right. You know, the beauty of Image Comics, you know, the reason that Walking Dead has such an incredible following is it's got such a straight line through it. You know, Kirkman is writing it. There's no spin-offs, no miniseries by other writers. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, what, 14 trades in now, and you can start from one and work your way to 14, and you don't need a publication explaining to you how to go from one to a the separa- other. A separate volume to explain how to read these <laughs> yeah. separate this volumes. a Michelin guide to Marvel comics. And, and perhaps you know, maybe it was part of the big, um, just kind of the feeding frenzy Hollywood looking in comics. You have been optioned. And yes. They're developing Elephant, Elephant Man, Man. Not me personally. But well, no, maybe. The Richard Starking story could be interesting. Uh, so Elephant Man has been optioned for film. Yes, it has. And where is that at right now? It's um, We're still in the... Uh, preparing the treatment but it's been a really interesting process for me because um, Janet Zucker who's uh, the producer is an extremely generous and nurturing um, uh, person creatively so we've sat and discussed the story and the direction for a year now like meeting once a week Um, she was just in uh, Australia filming Mental which is um, written and directed by the writer of uh, Mural's Wedding, and it's another mm-hmm. Tony Collette vehicle. Um, and before that, she did uh, Fair Game with Sean Penn and Naomi. Oh, okay, yes. Um, and Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts. So, um, you know, she and her husband, Jerry Zuck, have a great track record. I was a big fan of Airplane and Naked Gun and Ghost. So, um, but It is that Zucker, okay. It's that Jerry Zucker, yeah. Okay. And, and they're both extremely generous creative people um so i've learned so much in the process of developing the treatment and developing the treatment has actually fed back into the comic book because this is not a comic book like watchman that's here's the volume here's the story adapt it i'm still in the process of creating the story so to be in a position where the feedback from janet um contributes to the story itself is really interesting and exciting because I can take away the thought processes and what I've learned from that um, that exchange, that creative exchange, and feed it into the comic in my own way. Mm-hmm. So what I found is that it's made me much bolder. I've pushed the story uh, forward more uh, aggressively, introduced new characters that will be in the movie mm-hmm. or maybe not, you know, but they were developed with the idea of them being in the movie. And I've certainly learned a lot about um, the storytelling process because, of course, a comic book, you know, Walking Dead, it's, it's a perfect TV series because it's ongoing. It's got a lot of soap opera elements. Um, Elephant Men, there's no uh, story that you can just say, that's the movie, because mm-hmm. I've, I, I enjoy the process of doing an ongoing... Um, it's a pretty sweeping yeah. saga. I mean, yeah. you jump around, you got to... There's, there is the geopolitical thing. This is uh, Europe, uh, you know, which, in the wake of Contagion coming out, is very much uh, you know a timely element of the story. Well, Contagion actually, um, I haven't seen Contagion yet. I, w- I want to see it, but there was a TV show in England in the seventies called Survivors. Oh, I love that show. Recently, yeah, it was a terrific. The original is so good. Yeah, the the, the remake wasn't too bad, but it concentrated on the action adventure yeah. elements. Yeah, no, just the idea. Of we're going to get salt. Yeah, you know, yeah. How do we make a candle? Stuff, yeah. They, the survivors was really about the practical aspects of surviving, um, and in fact, Walking Dead has a lot in common 
mm-hmm. with survivors except there's no walking dead but um uh so i i think that you know the elements of um you know contagion that were, that are in elephant men it's a very common science fiction mm-hmm. theme of i'm just saying the timeliness of it certainly yeah, in yeah. science fiction i mean people are very concerned about it you know in in the real world but the timeliness of it was it was timely in the 60s and 70s when we could actually do something about it and there were a lot of people saying have you thought about this have you thought about what fertilizers do to people have you mm-hmm. thought about what ddt does to people have you mm-hmm. thought about it? all these things were being discussed um but implying there's nothing we can do about it now <laughs> who knows okay <sighs> on that nice thought uh <laughs> So let's talk about it now. So, so, uh, so, Lon will not have to later. You up to date on Doctor Who? That's probably the most important question we could ask. Tonight. I am up to date on Doctor Who. Yes. Yes. So, uh, I think it's been terrific. I think it's been a really good. Which series. Which was the last episode? Uh, the closing time. The um, back with uh, James, <laughs> uh, James Corden, the guy from Gavin and Stacey. James uh, Corden. Corden. Yeah. Yes. I think I'm not yeah. up, up to date on that episode. Oh, rats. Okay. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> No, it was good because this week Drew Simchick, who's been writing the reviews for us on Fanboy Planet, mm-hmm. uh, made a comment that it's interesting watching in the U.S. So you know who James Corden is, but most American audiences don't, and so we get to see these characters oh. without any baggage whatsoever. I'm an so, American citizen. What are you saying? Well, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I live over the, here. I know it's that LA accent you have. It throws me <laughs> off. <laughs> so. Wow. But no, I was current with Gavin Stacey because, of course, I, I, I communicate with a lot of people in England and. Um, order a lot of dvds you know all the dvd players in my house are region free okay so i order from amazon uk and uh we we were uh, if you haven't seen gavin and stacy it's a fantastic snapshot of english and welsh life you know and i'm actually half welsh half english um so the fact that i have welsh co-workers then would say that so you're half insane is that <laughs> uh I, I disagree, actually. I think it's the English side that was... Oh, okay. Was, uh, <laughs> so you're half insane. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Either way, there's there's no way out. Yeah. Uh, well, the Welsh people are fantastic. And actually, I had the um, the pleasure of interviewing um, Eve Miles uh, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. TV Geek at San Diego. Um, oh, okay. And uh, I actually... They, they cut this, but I greeted her in Welsh, and she responded in Welsh. But I only know Welsh greetings. I don't know any responses. Um, but... Um, I think it's been fabulous that uh, Wales has become this incredible powerhouse for drama Mm -hmm. and will continue to be so because they've developed a new facility out there. And I have a lot of friends. I I was active in Doctor Who fandom in the 70s and 80s, and a lot of those people um, that continue to be active um, now work on Doctor Who, you know... um, uh, Paul Cornell wrote to me as a mm-hmm. young teenager, and um, his first published work, I think, was a story for Doctor Who magazine called Stairway to Heaven. It was a short mm-hmm. Sylvester McCoy uh, comic strip. And to tie it back to 52, Paul Cornell is currently writing Demon Knights for the new 52, as yeah. well as, yeah. uh, of course. Hardworking writer, writer, Paul. Mm-hmm. Very hardworking writer. Um, Brian Hitch, you know, I hired him when he was 16 years old at Marvel UK, and he. Uh, did some designs for the new series. Mm-hmm. Gary Russell's worked on Sarah Jane Adventures, Doctor Who, Torchwood. Um, I've known him many, many years. He also worked at Marvel UK. He was the editor of Doctor Who magazine for a while. So it's it's kind of ex- exciting for me to to know that you know people that my contemporaries work on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and no one's offered you a position. 
I never want, you know, I was offered the editorship of Doctor Who magazine, and I always wanted that to be my hobby. Okay. I didn't want to yeah, be. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I and I loved. Um, I, I I did edit the comic strip for two years, um, and I loved having that opportunity. But um, you know, when when your hobby becomes your job, you have to get into the hobby. And Doctor Who was something I've always enjoyed. Um, and I would, you know, I, Gary Russell was the editor of the Big Finish. Mm-hmm. Plays and he actually invited me very early on to to submit ideas and that was right at the beginning of the process of developing Hip Flask and I was like I, I want to create my Doctor Who mm-hmm. you know I love that Doctor Who is still on I love that all these Marvel and DC comics are still around but mm-hmm. but to me the the books that inspired me in the eighties were Cerebus and mm-hmm. Love and Rockets and wow in, and yeah. in many ways and two thousand AD. Judge Dredd, Strong Team Dog, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, I think Elephant Man is all those books <coughs> squashed together. <laughs> yeah, with, I can see it. With, yeah, a, with a peppering of Doctor Who. And so, so, as, so as the fan, can we say, with 2013 coming with the 50th anniversary, do you have any inside track? Do you, do you have any clue what's going to happen? No clue whatsoever. Uh, I, I only think that um, there's been all this concern about... Uh, them not having 13 episodes next year and I think mm-hmm. what they're going to do is launch it in the autumn I, my guess is Anissa special six episodes before Christmas six episodes after Christmas mm-hmm. and the anniversary special at the end of that year mm. but um, I have no idea I, I do want to say though that I think you know as, as a big fan of ba- Back to the Future part two obviously Stephen Moffat's favorite film obviously <laughs> so much there's so many references to uh, Back to the Future Part 2 going all the way back to Blink where uh, the guy delivers a mm-hmm. uh, envelope to Sally Sparrow right. from the past right. mm-hmm. straight out of Back to the Future Part 2 so on Saturday night at 8 but we'll probably, you'll probably post this on Sunday but on Saturday night uh, would you like you know, to tell everybody shut up now I have to go back to my hotel room and watch BBC there's America there's no BBC America in the hotel. oh no what are you going to do I don't know I might have to wait until it downloads from iTunes the next day but okay there's got to be um, a bar somewhere in San Francisco that's playing BBC yeah. America and if there's not we need I'm, to open one I might see if Larry Young is going to TiVo it Larry Young astronauts in trouble mm-hmm. lives on the other side of San Francisco so I'm, I might make that special trip because I don't want it spoiled for me on Sunday morning. Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't know, and now we, we are in this weird time thing. So this comes out after you. Maybe no, this will, this, will, this is probably going to get uh, posted tomorrow. Oh, wow, that's right. You have days free. Okay, uh, I'm unemployed, <laughs> dude. <laughs> so and all right, love it. Well, then we're we're well, we're not creating the time paradox that no. I thought we were. So sorry, no. I wanted this whole episode to be a time paradox <laughs> for you, but it's not going to work. But Richard, thank you so much for taking some thank time you. out of the signing and uh, uh, one more one people. more question. Sure. As a fan of Back to the Future Part Two, did you uh, get the shoes? No, I can't afford them. <laughs> Neither could I. No, I would have loved to have a pair. <laughs> yeah. They have the little ones that are about an inch and a half high. Okay. Really? But those are the kind of things like that you know you buy yeah. them, ba- barely want to use them because they're so expensive. <laughs> Did you uh, see that the beard? Yeah, I had wore them in the dugout. Well, hang he on. Didn't we've yeah, we've he been did. getting the signal that uh, Richard has people lined up waiting to get his signature. There's uh, a line. There's okay. a line. Awesome. So you need to write. So thanks okay, so much for thank coming you. down with us. Sitting down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. No We're back. 
And again, Listen up. No, no, not no, that far no. back. Well, oh, again, we, we thank Richard oh, okay. Starkings Sorry. for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, if you catch him at Ape this weekend or at any convention, because he's you in catch a lot an of ape. California, California conventions. Great guy, fun guy to talk to, and great book. Elephant Man is fantastic. And welcome back, Lon. Yeah. You know, it's a long wandered break. off. <laughs> it's been a long time. All we're saying Since is, if you come roll. into Elusive Comics and Games the next week, don't go into the bathroom. No, no, no. no. Give it a day or two. It'll be the whole time. Uh, and we day. also have the Houghton Brothers, uh, Shane and Chris, creators of Reed Gunther. So uh, we sat down with them. We did? We did. Let's, let's transition into that. You weren't there. <laughs> Okay. Well, we're here with uh, Ron and Jim. Okay. All right. This is why we just don't want any time. Okay. No. Uh, we're here with Shane and Chris Houghton, mm-hmm. who are the creators of a book for Image called Reed Gunther. Actually, I don't want to call it a book for Image because you did self-publish this first. Right. Black yeah. and white, four issues? A yeah, book four for issues. Did a little research. Wow. See, wow. This is, I'm, wow. I'm almost a professional host. You <laughs> talked to our mother, didn't you? <laughs> no, I bought your first issue last night and read it. <laughs> <laughs> so and read and actually read your editorial. Oh, so right. you know, I like doing that. Uh, so anyway, I could read Gunther, uh, which is currently with Image. Uh, I think I ever heard you say that uh, you have a. 10 issue commitment yep. to that? Yep, yep. We're doing 10 issues. Uh, our fifth issue is coming out uh, Wednesday, November, or J- October. What's what, what's this upcoming Wednesday? Uh, October, October 5th. 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 October 5th. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. so let's, uh, and, and just for, again, people who may not be familiar with this book, because uh, we reach a lot of, you know, there's a listener in Japan. For this listener in Japan, it's about a cowboy and his bear. Yeah, he rides the bear. He rides the bear, right. Uh, and they go around in the in the West uh, doing good deeds awkwardly. <laughs> yeah, and very awkwardly. Uh-huh. <laughs> like this podcast yeah. right now. Uh, so, and... Um, and it's an all-ages book, which is cool. I think definitely uh, something that and it, I don't think of Image is necessarily doing all-ages. Uh, so it's kind of a, a nice, interesting niche for them to get into. And that's one thing that the New 52 is not doing. Uh, so <laughs> what gave you the inspiration for Reed Gunther? Chris, you know? Well, uh, yeah, it, it's it kind of has a long tail, I guess. So I'll, I'll try and make it short. Uh, I started, um, it was just me at first, and, and Shane was off doing his film stuff. Um I was uh, doing some short stories with the, this character called Reed Gunther, but he's very different than what you see now, And but he still wrote a bear named Sterling. And I did a couple of short stories for a little indie magazine, and it kind of just fell off to the wayside. Um, and then Shane came in and uh, wrote what is now our Reed Gunther issue one and gave me the script for a Christmas present, actually. And I was like, yeah, you know, I revisited some of your old characters, and if you want to, you know, check it out and maybe... And as he's the big brother, this was a typical big brother thing. Let me show you how it's done. Well, yeah, let, me, <laughs> let me bully you. Let me get in there. Let me bully talk. Christmas. He won't even let me talk. Look, okay, like, I, it's not that I was giving him work for Christmas. It was, it was basically like, 
I wanted to give him a pinup of something, like, because I made some short films, and he drew my characters in, in the scenario, and there were these monster-fighting fl- plumbers, and he did stuff like that, and it was really awesome whenever he gave me something like that, so I wanted to do something like that for him, but I can't draw like he can. I mean, he's amazing. So I just, I wrote, because that's what I do, uh, using his characters, and uh, and he ended up liking it, and then uh, he drew it, and then now it's a comic book. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we, and so that started off our, our self-publishing uh you know, venture. Venture, exactly. We, and we did four issues. What was the name of your uh, imprint when you were self-publishing? Houghton. I we didn't even have <laughs> a name. Read Gunther what Comics. Was <laughs> <laughs> did this ever go past the garage sale you were having? Like every <laughs> lemonade, <laughs> five cents, and comics two ninety nine. It was not. It was, I mean, it's not a real thing. We didn't distribute through Diamond. Like we carried books into comic shops and said, "Would you please sell these?" Okay. It was in maybe. Four or five shops. Oh, okay. Uh, in, both in Detroit and L.A. I was in Detroit at the t- at the time, and Shane was in L.A. And we, our main goal was really to to get into a publisher, and, and we didn't want to continue to self publish. We were terrible at it. Yeah, I mean, we, it we just want, we wanted well, someone first to of all, take Detroit. care of. Yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, yeah, so we wanted someone to take care of the distribution and the printing, and and that's exactly the kind of deal that Image offers, and they they are very hands-off when it comes to the creative side Did of it. they come to you or you go to them? We went to them. It was a yeah. normal, their uh, standard submission process that's outlined on their website. We just follow that. And um, Chris actually made a really cool wooden, wood-stained box that he uh, burned the Reed Gunther logo into. So, nice. I mean, we had a pretty sweet package set nice. up. Uh, and then send it to him with the first three self-published books we had mm-hmm. and then a nice proposal package saying, you know, who Reed Gunther is, where we want to go with it, and uh, who we are. And, and uh, they really liked it and, and decided to pick it up. And, and we said we wanted to do it in color, and they're like, totally cool. How, did, how long did that turnaround take? Oh, That was like, uh, I think we first submitted to them in like March of 2010. Yeah, and then so it's not that long a term. I mean, you think about it. When, when did it come back after that? So you submitted in two thousand ten. A couple months. months. Yeah, okay. and then it took a while to get, you know get a contract. Yeah. Get a, and they're they're busy and and um, and we had to get things straightened out on our end. We had to color the get books, color, get it solicited, um, and our, then printed, and then out. Yeah, so it's a, you know our first issue through Image came out in June, right? June two thousand one. June of two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, but. Image has been awesome. I yeah, mean, they've been phenomenal. And, and they so helpful. They don't pay us to say any of this stuff. We don't. We <laughs> <laughs> right, but right. I'm serious when I mean. I mean they. Something like people tell us, you know, wow, it's a this is a strange thing to see from Image at times. It's a, all ages. It's a little different. It's kind of fun. And I think that's what's so cool um, that Image is willing to take those risks on on books that other publishers definitely aren't willing to do. Mm-hmm. So. And why the decision to go all ages with it? I mean, a cowboy riding a bear could go a lot of different dark directions. <laughs> it's true. Um, I don't know. It wasn't even – it really wasn't a conscious decision. No. We didn't go, let's make an all ages book. In the, We wanted to make something adventurous, exciting, uh, pulpy, and with a little touch of horror. Like we wanted real threats and real scares and really like frightening creatures. There, there's monsters in this book. I don't know if mm-hmm. we talked about that, but lots of monsters. And uh, and so that's what we set out to do. And then it just turned out that we made a book that there's just nothing objectionable uh, to younger readers. But we didn't set out to make like it's definitely not a kids book. Like we don't 
tr- we we had a press release. Did you guys happen to see that? We sent out a comic book press release. It's a press release in the form of a Reed Gunther comic. No, I didn't see that. And you read it, and it's all about how Reed Gunther is not a kiddie book. It's not for kids. It's an all-ages book, like Star and, and Wars or Indiana really Jones, yeah. Lord of the Rings, like mm-hmm. these Simpsons. Like, those are... And it, it has kind of a cartoony style, exactly, so I think yeah. kids will get attracted to it. Yes, yeah. but, it, yeah. but it's not necessarily just for them. Because like, we're in our 20s, and we like fun, adventurous goofy stories mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we're trying to make and and so we're not trying to write down like we don't have kids I feel like some creators who make kids books or, or books that are labeled all ages have kids and they're like oh I want something for my kids to read but like we're just trying to make stuff that we like which is, yeah. just happens to be uh, weird goofy adventurous stuff guy in a bear fighting monster yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it has kind of a feel of like you know tall tales almost a Pecos Bill yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and mm-hmm. the, the first the one I read last night was the or duck tales no, no. Uh, I wish. Don't go. Don't don't try it. Don't try it. Yeah. The first issue was the steak. <laughs> how did you call it? The steak snacking snake. Yeah, That's right. steak hard to snake. say out loud. Uh, you <laughs> so just said it really well. Uh, thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> oh, they did. Uh, okay. I had years of practicing. Sure. Well, good. 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 Um, yeah. So. Uh, so how is it doing, actually? It's either you're getting the fifth issue, and you said a ten-issue commitment, and, and Image has not come to you and said, about that ten issue. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we, we have yet to have our trade come out. Yeah, that comes out uh, November 9th. And so Just in time for Christmas. I know, right? Yeah. Perfect for yeah. everybody. Uh-huh. Cyber Monday, people. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm not sure exactly. We're still t- trying to figure out how we're doing. One thing, uh, we have an all-ages uh, logo on the front of our covers right now. I think we're going to drop that and re- replace it with a um, big buxom blonde. <laughs> no. oh, yep. yeah. mm-hmm. hey, that's, you know, that's this issue's guest idea. star Starfire <laughs> <Ooh>. crossover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to riding re- a bear. <laughs> uh, we're she gonna, thought it was Roy Harper. <laughs> we're going to replace it with a uh, a one shot logo uh, because from issue six. Uh, at least six, seven, and eight are all one shots. Like you can pick them up, and you don't have to read any mm-hmm. previous issues, and you can just enjoy a uh, fun, exciting adventure just in one issue, and that's it. Uh, and I feel like there's not uh, as many of those comics out right now. But we're talking about getting new readers and having new people discover something like Reed Gunther. You don't want to have to make them go back to issue number one to understand everything. It's like just pick up a book, have it have one full story, leave them wanting more, have them enjoy it so much that they want more of that story, but don't leave them hanging and just be like, oh, now I have to invest and get. Please, please be incredibly successful at that <laughs> so that other people will will pick that. Yeah, idea you're segueing very nicely for us because, of course, we're <laughs> this is the last week of the new Fifty Two, which is supposed to be doing exactly that. Right. What have you picked up? Right. Um, so I, we, both of us have not really ever read DC books all that much uh, before this. Which which the fif- the new fifty two would be perfect. Oh for yeah us. yeah okay. When we right. heard it was announced, it, I was thrilled. I was super excited. I was like, man, I'm gonna pick up a bunch of those books and I'm gonna I totally enjoy them because the ground floor getting in, I, I'll have no problems. So the first book I picked up, I picked up uh, Swamp Thing because I love Scott Schneider's uh, stuff on American Vampire, and I read some of the Alan Moore stuff, and I was like, okay, this is very cool. Man, I was so confused by that issue. I had no idea what was going on. Everything I thought I knew about Swamp Thing apparently was wrong. Apparently, the guy who Which is, it's been wrong a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's gone back and forth. Superman is in the book for like a fourth of the entire book, and he's talking to the main guy about something, a big event that I have no idea what that is. Hasn't happened yet. 
No, no, it did happen. Oh, it, that was Brightest <laughs> so Day. Sorry. Brightest Day, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. See, no. you're confused. Yeah. Like, yes. Well, but yeah, he's put down to work. No. Okay, so. <laughs> so it was a, it was a mess, and it, and I was really he's bummed out. Drinking a lot. There were two okay. things. <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, so yeah, so I was bummed by it, uh, and and I thought it was a place to start over. I thought there was like a clean slate in it, and apparently that's uh, not exactly what it is. Funny the how the that's slate's not really clean. About. Yeah, like three weeks yeah. in a row now. You wouldn't well, want yeah. to eat off of it. It's still <laughs> happening. It's still happening. So, and we have on the table here All Star Western, which also has an interesting cowboy hero yes. uh, to match up, Jonah Hex. Yeah, we're both big fans of Jonah Hex. Well, have yeah. you never read DC? How, how well, he's writing a bear. I, well, we literally, we I just got into reading some Jonah Hex like uh, maybe a month and a half ago, yeah. and it was because Chris is a big fan of uh, Jordy Brene. Yeah, the artist. Yeah, on and I, some started, of the I started reading his Jonah Hex just because I, I liked his artwork. But then I really liked the stories. But mm-hmm. yeah, we never. But yeah, I never knew. I never knew what the deal was with Jonah Hex. I didn't get his scar or what happened. But Chris gave me some issues, and I was super impressed. They're awesome. Uh, yeah, phenomenal. And and that's a book, or at least Jonah Hex was, um, where you just pick up any issue. Yes. Self-contained yeah, story. That's yeah. the mm-hmm. best part it's about awesome, it. It's awesome. It's fun. It's like intense. And then that's it. And that's all you need to know is everything is in that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't read All-Star Western yet, but we were both really excited to come here today, and we're going to pick one up. Um, yeah. But uh, At Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, contractually bound to do that. Uh, so, yeah, good. Okay. Um, so if it sounds like so you read some American Vampire. What were your influences? Because you don't seem... And I, I don't mean this as an insult, like the hardcore comics fanboy. Sure. Um, but you're but definitely you are the doing, demographic DC's going for. Right. But here you are doing doing a comic. So what were the influences going into it? Uh, well, we read uh, a lot of – I mean, we read a lot of mature stuff, which is another thing why – like I think most of our influences comic-wise is mature books rather than kids' books or all-ages books. But like – So you usually of, hang out in the back of the stores. Mm, well, right. well yeah, not yeah. all Behind the, the, the beat of Not just mature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that mature. Okay. Well, uh, speak for yourself, Shane. Like uh, we read a lot of The, the Goon. Um, yes. We love BPRD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Chew. Um, I'm seeing a little BPRD influence there. Oh yeah, I I love Guy Davis's artwork, yeah. and uh, he actually Guy Davis uh, wrote the introduction to our trade paperback, which is and you have uh, a pin up in the yeah. first yep. issue by Guy Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Cool. yeah, see, he's phenomenal. Yeah, look yeah. I paid attention to what <laughs> I read. <laughs> yeah, okay, I just forgot it at home. Okay, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Good. What else? Like, um, even like Usagi Jimbo, we yep. love and. Um, and then I've always been a big fan of like Mad Magazine and things that, mm-hmm. you know, in Saturday morning cartoons, things that might not be necessarily the. Lot of, we watch a lot of stuff, The Simpsons. Yeah, uh, I read Ian Simpsons. Boothby uh, is my favorite Simpsons writer for the Simpsons comics. Uh, he's phenomenal, and uh, I like uh, Bone, Jeff Smith's Bone. Sure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely yeah. breathtaking. Um, How many different versions of the? complete story because <laughs> yeah, there's another right. one coming yeah. out like in a month oh really I, yeah. I have the brick I have the giant okay uh, uh, I just I've read the soft cover brick trade the trades that are in color the scholastic, the scholastic yeah. ones yeah okay. the scholastic I've read ones, the scholastic yeah. ones and then bought the giant yeah. brick <laughs> okay um, uh, and I and noticed in, in the first you gave a special thanks to Richard 
Starkings, who yes. you're here signing with tonight, and you seem to be traveling with him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little yep. bit. Where is yep. your group? Sign- are you signing tomorrow at Fantastic? We are. We're, we're with Richard again That's tomorrow. Fantastic. He yes. drives us around. We uh, He throws us in the trunk of his car. Yeah. Yeah. And, nice. uh, just fit in the, in the mm-hmm. trunk. Yeah. We're very compactable. Yeah. Wow. The okay. Elephant Men Read Gunther Tour. Yeah. Two day tour. Yeah. Richard has been... It starts here. It's going <laughs> to go from there. It's going to be his fantasy. Uh, where does it end? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, Richard has been so incredible to us. Um, how did our relationship start? When, over a year ago, when we first submitted to Image, and, no, even before that, okay, at the Comic Bug, uh, there's one day a year where Mike Diamond... Mike Wellman's store down in Manhattan Beach. Mike no. Wellman, great guy. He had me out. Uh, he was. I'd met him at a book fair, and he's like, "Oh, you have a comic? You should sign at my store." And I'm like, "I've never been there, but okay." And, uh, and so I went down, and there's an indie comic book day that they do, and it's the Wednesday, like after Christmas or after New Year's, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a day that Diamond doesn't ship. And he said he called it Indie Comic Book Day, and it was me and Richard Starkings and Glenn Brunswick who wrote uh, Jersey Gods. Mm-hmm. And so I met Richard there, and I was blown away because he's. Insane. Shh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Richard, he's phenomenal. And he just taught me so much about comics. And this is before the image deal. I was just peddling our black and white books. You know, mm-hmm. it's because the only time we could sell them. And then when the image deal went through, I friended Richard on Facebook. I sent him a message and I said, Richard, image wants to give us uh, or wants to do an image deal with us. I know nothing about this. Can we talk? And I had only met him once before, like six months previous. He sent me a message like five minutes later, and he's like, yeah, come on over. We'll have crepes. And so <laughs> he's got a kind of jersey in that. Come on over. We'll have crepes. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got a very <laughs> thick jersey, jersey accent. accent. Yeah, I'm sure you all heard Yeah, we did. We heard those. So I drove across town. I met him for crepes, and we talked for like an hour and a half about image and about comics. And I was completely enlightened. And since then. I thought you were going to say in love. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, served me, me and crepes. Richard. It was fantastic. Very were romantic. They, were they breakfast or dessert crepes? Uh, they were uh, they were dessert ca- uh, crepes because it was kind of the afternoon. So we were Nutella and banana? Uh, oh, yeah. I think it was, it was a raspberry <laughs> thing. We are now going to have a special <laughs> Nate Costa segment, dessert with Nate. Very interested in those crepes. <laughs> Recipe? A recipe segment? Would you do a cooking show segment on our podcast? All I know is... Never mind. Okay. (laughs) Well, so basically, since then, Richard has been our go-to guy for uh, all, every question, you know, fathomable about comics, marketing. He's your mentor. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And if we're talking about mentors, Guy Davis has been another big guy. He was always... I moved out to L.A. like a year year ago, I guess. And before that, I was living in Detroit. And Guy's based in Michigan. Yeah, so Guy and I would get together, and um, he would go over comic stuff with me. And you guys had drawing days, right? Where you'd go yeah, over and draw together, together? And just, you know, draw a ton of pages, and um, so I think between him and yeah, I think between Starkings, Guy Davis and Richard really Starkings, like pretty yeah. good mentors to have, honestly. Yeah, pretty yeah awesome. completely. Yeah, and uh, we, we've good. been lucky. I mean, Stance Kai's did a pinup for us, and that's going to be in the. Um, and the trade, the trade coming out November 9th. Sweet. And, uh, Good plug-in. Will, will the bunny be on a bear? Yeah, actually, yeah. You saw <laughs> yes, you Jimbo was yeah. riding Sterling. Yeah, you nailed it. Okay. Yeah. That's oh, what I do. That's, that's, yeah, exactly. What else would <laughs> He's riding Reed. Yeah. Okay. And he asked me something cool about that because uh, I did a Usagi pinup for Stan and mailed it out to him. And 
we didn't have a deal to, that he would do one for us, but he offered to do it, and and uh, and he said that he would uh, mail it to me, and I thought he meant like email me a scan, and then. One day showed up in the mail. The, the, he sent me the the pinup, the original. Yeah, the original artwork. And um, he had asked me before that. He said, "You know, could I could I include <laughs> can I be soggy in the pinup?" I'm like, Are "Of you course, me? That's amazing." So yeah. it's called marketing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so cool. yeah, all right. Well, okay. So you'll be appearing at Ape because our podcast will go live tomorrow, Friday. Ape is Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Where is it being held this year? You guys are going up uh, San Francisco. Uh, it's near the well, uh, San Francisco. near the gift Good. center. What's the what's the place near the gift center? It's across the street from the gift center. I San Francisco don't. town. San Francisco town. <laughs> I've heard of nice. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Right. Richard's driving you right. You guys are going to make <laughs> it there. He's <laughs> been there before. I'm sure he has. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought it was in Moscone, but it's it's no, uh, no, it, no. So anyway, all right. So you'll be there. Yes. And then uh, the next issue of Reed Gunther issue five coming out yeah, October fifth. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you, Shane and Chris. Great having you on the Fanboy Planet podcast. Awesome to meet you. Definitely. And thank you, guys. I'll have the second, buy the second issue and get it signed in just a couple minutes. Okay. Ooh. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. We thank the Houghton Brothers. We do. We do. We're we thank them all night long. Hey guys, I, you know, I have not met them before. It's uh Fun couple of guys. So uh, there, we'll hope good old Shane and Chris. I hope we'll have them on again. So let's say uh, we take just a little bit about movies tonight. Did you, Lon? Yeah. And huh? you, Rick, and you, huh? Nate. What? See, Entertainment Weekly has photos from the Avengers this week. What? Photos that have been leaked online. Yes, those are the ones. Uh, they, they're leaked with an EW watermark, so you probably. I have not seen, seen them. Are they good? Nothing. For, they're green. The green screen. They're in front of the green screen, so it's kind of like and just sort of like. So wait a minute. Out on we could set. take our no. own pictures. Yes. And green screen them and on. Oh my gosh, Lon, get on that into the I background. Do yeah. that. Um. Did you? So did you saw these pictures online. Did you see the? No, pic- I don't know if I saw. Oh, them you didn't. Okay. I'm just talking about previous pictures from the set. No, 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 no. These are these are formally oh, like publicity okay. photos, uh, and there's and they did have like a set of six of some of the characters. These aren't the ones from the posters from Comic-Con, are they? No. Okay. No, no, no. This is the, the ones for the really Comic-Con awkward looking. Oh, really were they? good looking. Oh, okay. Yeah. The awkward looking Captain America outfit? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Awkward looking? It, like, it looks like a football. Um, first clear shot of Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. Yeah. And it's weird. Doc Bruce Banner? Doc Bruce Banner. Belted by, by Gamma Rays. Rays. Turned into the Hulk. And, he and he's got an eyebrow problem. Uh oh! Yeah, God. so take a look at it. It looks is it, is it rough? one eyebrow. It looks like Mark Ruffalo lost weight for the role, and he's so he's looking very stern and, and down and angry. And so it's like I think it's matching kind of the painting they did of the Hulk. Yeah. For at Comic Con, so I don't know. It doesn't really look like Mark Ruffalo to me. It's hmm. And it, I, like I, what you know, I don't know. He's an actor. I know. I know. Respect but he, his choices. But he's an actor who has a certain persona, and it's outside of the persona. It just really? Interesting. Yeah. Ruffalo has a persona. I do say Ruffalo has a persona. Okay. I've seen many of his work. I have much not. of his work. I've seen. Uh, uh, you can count on me, and I've seen Zodiac. I've watched Zodiac a couple times. I love his work in that. Um, so all right. You know, I think he's a good actor. That's not the issue. It's just it looks weird. It doesn't look like Mark Ruffalo. Well, to me. I will go home and download the photos. Okay. And nothing. Uh, the most and then I'll look at the Avengers. Was, was the uh, Captain America outfit the the cowl looks bad? The upper torso looks well, weird. Well, but I think about this though is again what you're seeing is a photo instead of what's going to look. I know. Like, I know but the, look like on the, the costume is not going to get that much change 
Well, hey, you know what? That's what we all said about the Green Lantern costume, and we and, gave that a chance, didn't we? And it sucked. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. What about the Thor costume? Ultimately, when when you didn't like the Thor costume, you didn't like anything about Thor early. I didn't. I still am not in love with the Thor costume. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it doesn't get any better then. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all right. Uh, but uh, I know they wanted to say, well, it's 2011, so Captain America would change his outfit. But I thought his outfit looked just gr- just fine. Yeah. In, and and I would be more impressed by that. It's like you know he's going to stick. No, his but old his ways. old costume was a World, World War, War II, II era costume. Yeah. Okay. And since we already talked with Richard Starkings about Doctor Who, we can skip over TV stuff. Unless did you get wait? Watch? No, we had more. Do you have more? There's yeah, the, because they released they released a picture of what's her name in cat form. Oh, and, and uh, Anne Margaret. I mean Anne Hathaway. If Anne Margaret was Catwoman, that'd wow. be interesting. Me, kitten with a whip. Kitten oh. with a whip. There we are. Um, I and I actually didn't see it. Just kind of, I mean, saw like a far away shot of it. Yeah, there were like seven or eight different shots of her walking around. It's, and I'm sorry, it looks crappy. Nolan, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna believe in you because I'm a fan. But everything I see from the Dark Knight Rising sucks. Okay. Yeah. I said it. Okay. The the part I'll is say the, it again. The, it sucks. The, the part that blows those pictures for me is you're looking. <laughs> Batman's smiling. He's goofing around. What? <laughs> yes. No. He's got this big old grin on his face standing there oh, next to Anne Hathaway. Oh, because Catwoman number one. Yeah, I guess so. He's but kind I mean, you the look costume's it. mostly Do I on. get to do... Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Anne Hathaway is a beautiful, beautiful woman, and she's a very talented actress. Yeah. But Catwoman's got to be smoking hot. And I look at Anne Hathaway, and I'm just like, she's she's cute. I mean, she's adorable. I kind of think she's smoking hot, but that's okay. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I'm that's all right. Okay. That's all right. All right. Fav- well, who's, who's your favorite Catwoman? It just means we won't fight. Who's my this, favorite the, out okay, of all so, of them? No, no, just just there, this is another one of those um, uh, bro tests that, that you go, okay, Eartha Kitt, Julie Newmar, or Lee Merriweather. Oh, we're not including Michelle Pfeiffer, Halle Berry, or... I think we have to include Michelle Pfeiffer and Halle Berry. No, no, no. We do. They did play Catwoman. They did, but it's just in in that era. Because I think those three are three different Who are the other ones? Lee Merriweather and what? Lee Merriweather, Julie Newmar, Julie Newmar, and Eartha Kitt. You know, you guys are going to... I was always partial to Eartha Kitt. Okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, I was Julie Newmar. Just because it was, was so freaky, you know what I mean? It was like, row, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she emanated a cat. But then again, I watched that as a child, and you know I what I mean? So. up psychologically. Well, no, it just, <laughs> to me, that was like, yeah, that's a, that's a cat woman. Whereas the other cat women were kind of bland and kind of boring, and, and maybe I didn't catch the sexuality it of it, but I just felt like they were more tame, whereas Eartha Kitt really tame kind of... Kitty became uh, the, a character that I could follow. I could believe Julie Na- Julie Newmar could really do some crazy things to Okay. You. I, okay. Think, I think that I just think made this been table on uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk. Did Wait, you watch do we have any other movie news? No, not really. Did you watch Terranova? I watched like the first 15 minutes of it. I hadn't had I re- watched the whole time. I got home and it was on, so I hit the record on the TiVo. Yeah. I don't know if I got the whole thing or just okay. the last half hour, but I will say this. Watching the last three minutes... Uh-huh. I hated it. I'm hearing a lot of that. Okay. I, uh, watching the first uh, 15 minutes of it, I was worried that they blew their budget on all the prequel. The I pre- have a feeling they may have. Yeah. But yeah, because if you watch the last three minutes, it's a really bad green screen of the family. When you're already seeing headlines as saying, here's a preview of the characters that are going to make it work. 
like th- that haven't shown up yet. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I, they've got to stop. Look, guys, you've got to stop making TV shows for Rick and myself to watch. <laughs> Because the average viewer isn't going to give, give it six. six. Yeah. And for God's sake, if in Terra Nova, guys in leather jackets starts jumping around going, ah, ah, <laughs> the pterodactyl men, pterodactyl. I'm going to be annoyed. I did, hear, I did hear one of the, the showrunner type people saying that over the season, the dinosaurs are going to get better because they're building the models as they go along and they're refining the models. Oh, that's and all like going, that's, that's stupid. You should have just taken more time. Yes. That's like when you get a haircut and the guy cutting your hair goes, just It'll put grow some out. gel in it. It'll, It'll be fine. Yeah. As in every haircut I've ever got. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a random two or three minutes and just thought, this could be the worst show I've ever seen. Okay, so we did, we've done some random sample, truly random sampling <laughs> of the show, and everybody's saying, don't watch it. Okay. I'm going to watch it all the way through. You know what I saw parts of that I really thought was kind of cute and clever? The Ultimate uh, New Girl? New Girl, yeah. I thought really? that was kind of. I watch that. I just, I, it I, was on and I saw a little bit of okay. it and I went. I'm going to say I caught up Charming. on... Charming. I saw the uh, debut of the Two and a Half Men with Ashton Kutcher. I've watched two episodes and of that And do you know now? why I'm uh, offended by it? Because they shat upon the memory of Dharma and Greg. It was a stupid thing oh, to that me. Was a funny, that, that was, was a funny bit. That was bit. a dumb thing for me to be offended by, but I was like, wow. That was a funny bit. Did you like that show, Dharma and Greg? I did. You know, did that show enough. even make have a memory? I had a friend on it. You know, it was so. like an inverse new new heart. You know, yeah. how did they shat on it? Well, that they were that they show up and then they're fighting and they're ta- threatening yeah. divorce to each other. It's like that's not what I remember the show being. Wait, who's Dharma and Greg divorce? show up? They crossed over, right? Yes, they're, 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 up. The, the house is so up for sale, so a bunch of people come by to look at the house. Oh. They and don't name them, but that's who it right. is. Did Jerry and Elaine show up? No. no, who else? Sh- there was somebody else. Didn't know where they were. Oh, um, did Ted Danson and uh, Stamos. John Allen? Stamos showed John up. John Stamos was the first one to show and, up, and said that implied that he'd had a three-way with Charlie that turned into a two-way with Charlie. Did he say <laughs> have mercy? No, no. no. Well, that was wasn't really chatting on any memories. I mean, but you talk about an episode that what? I mean, everybody's already talking about that. Like they were just like. Oh, they we were hate having Charlie Sheen. They were having so much. We hate fun Charlie Sheen so much. They had all the like girl, all the the first. It opens up with the the funeral, and all the women are sitting out there, and they had a, the, all the actresses from yeah. the show. And then once Jerry Ryan, yeah, they're, they're saying seven to nine. They're saying uh, he gave me herpes, <laughs> da, 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 da. Chlamydia. <laughs> chlamydia. That's funny. Yeah. That's dirty. Hilarity. No, isn't this a family show? No, 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 it's never been. I'm going to say Two and a Half Men is the dirtiest show on television. Umbrella. And and because I I sat down to watch it with my ninety seven year old grandmother thinking okay it's in syndication at seven o'clock we this is the usually the slot by Mash or something like that okay we can watch this and then after the third masturbation joke I went I don't want to be sharing this yeah. experience All right click you know so um no anyway. So it's uh, the TV stuff, but I did want to say there's a couple. This is like the era to be Rick. That you know, it board is. games are making a comeback. It is. DC is going to bring out in 2012 a Justice League and Super Friends board game. Two okay. different board games. But just announced, just before we came o- came down here to record this podcast, Cryptozoic, which is the company you like, right? Yeah, I have to recant on this because I've done more research. Oh, burn! You no longer like Cryptozoic? No, 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 no. I I think that. Uh, we looked. They were talking about the um, the Walking Dead, the two right. board games. So I actually think there's a, there's good reasons for both of them now. Okay. And uh, they, they got either. a copy of the Z-Man games one, uh-huh. which is based on the on the um, TV show. On, no, no, it's no, based on, on the, the, comic. the comic. 
and it's a different type of game than I was expecting. It seems like it's it's got a, a niche for it. The other, the Cryptozoic one, actually seems like it's a game that I'm more likely to play. Well, we need involved. Doug Garrett to come in and we'll do yeah. a crossover and over there. But Cryptozoic just announced that they got the rights to Lock and Key. Oh, nice. So they're going to do a lock and keyboard that, game. That has some interesting possibilities. Yeah. So um, so we'll, interest, we'll see, and we'll follow up with Doug and do a crossover and see if we can play these games and see how they are. But I'm just seeing a lot more comics-oriented board games, which I don't really recall. Has there been a time of that of, of that in the past, except for like Milton Bradley in the 60s and 70s? Well, I will announce now when te- that you are that in two weeks I'm you've go- created a game. Uh, no, no, in two weeks I'm going to Essen, Germany. For a thing called Spiel International, which, which is, if you recall, the last time was Doug. Doug was on here. He mentioned talked Spiel. about it. And is it I'd called Spiel or Spiel? Spiel. 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 And that's like where Glockenspiel. That's where yes. all the all like of the um, all the Mitchell? board <laughs> all the board games from all over the world come to premiere for the uh, for Wait, the uh, for they the year. come by themselves. No, the companies bring them. Oh, they have okay. booths. It's a right. huge, huge, bigger than uh, uh, it's. It sounds like it's almost as big as Comic Con, but it's not. <gasps> um, but it's it's they bring f- families come in, whole families and big groups of people. The um, but. Along with it is a thing called comic action. So I'm going actually going to go to a German comic book convention at the same time. So I'll have reports. Well, back from we want those. photographs. I will have. Prepare lots. must have photographs. Lots of photographs. Prepare to shout. German comic con fantastic. In probably about three weeks. Bring all the Captain America stuff you can. Yeah. <laughs> And conquer I'll see, it. I'll see if I can get some Captain America. No, in Germany it's promotional material. In Germany it's Red Skull. Comics. It's the first, <laughs> the first Avenger. Yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can find as far okay. as. Uh, well, we'll look forward to that, and we will be uh, podcasting next week. Though. Next week, okay. Yep. I have a game. And Thursday, October sixth, here at uh, Elusive Comics and Games, are having a comics roundtable discussion. Oh, we're not going to podcast that out, but I will be hosting that here for Anna uh, at Elusive Comics and Games, two seven two five El Camino Real Suite one hundred four, Santa Clara, California. You're having a there's pizza party. You're going to come back round here. Roundtable discussion gonna, we're for just what? Talk comics. Talk about roundtable pizza. People, people come in, eat some roundtable, and uh, talk about comics. And, and you're not going to record it? Anybody who's a, anybody who's just a customer or fan wants to come in and just kind of – it's an evening of, of conversation. So Why Anna would you – doing marketing then? Or? Uh, Anna has been putting that out in the thing, and so she asked me last week if I would uh, be willing to moderate. host this. And I think, uh, yeah, to moderate it. So Why wouldn't you record that and get people on the mic and stuff? That sounds like a great idea to expand the. We audience. may in the future. We'll talk we're about it. We have the connections f- to people with video equipment. You could put it on the YouTube. Right. And, and the thing that will probably be edited out here because uh, just we want to see what who's talking. Yes. Yeah, we do want to see who's talking. I want to see. Look who's talking. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen that yet. No. Bad movie. Oh, okay. Okay. Look who's talking. One is good. I want to see Look Who's Talking too. That's not good. Oh, okay. Look Who's Talking Now? Not good. No. Mm. one of the dogs, right? Baby Geniuses? Not good either. <laughs> Super mm. made. Baby wow. Geniuses too. I've seen them both, man. I've been through the fires. Okay. I have one game review, though. Really? Last week. Was it last week? Yes. Gears of War 3 came out for the yes, Xbox. Yes, yes, yes. Got I've, it? I have it. I've been playing it. I have been loving it. Yeah. I haven't even started campaign story mode i've only been playing the online action mode and it's intense and it's crazy and it's fun and it's everything i ever wanted 
and I think I'm going to marry it. I don't know. I mean, I'll propose to it. I mean, I'm, it's got to say yes, but I mean... You get so we gotta, carried away. Have you you remember, What's your game Do you remember tag? your affair with Gears of War 2? Yeah, and I, you know what? I've I've been loving Gears of War 2 all the way up until Gears of War 3 came out. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? I will love Gears of War 3 until Arkham City comes out. And yeah. then, and then all the bets are off. Yeah, and then I might have to drop them. Have you had any dreams that you were in the game... I can't remember because I've been so tired from playing Gears of War 3. <laughs> you haven't played enough. So I will see. I will see. But I can't wait to hop into campaign mode, but I've been having so much fun that so playing cool. online. Classic Lancer or New We're Lancer? already friends. You asked me what my gamer tag is. Are we? You're Sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CIR, yeah. 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 We're, okay. We're on the now list. Everyone knows I'd Rick's gamer tag. Well, it's okay. no, no, no. My gamer tag is Lawn Baby, so add me on Xbox Live if you if want. I, if I My uh, eBay selling tag is mm. Shoe Pimp Nate <laughs> Dizzle. Well done, Nate. Well done. Wow. You're a professional. If Nate, you got, Nate, Nate's verbalization. If you've got a gamer tag, if you've got an eBay seller tag, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. If you've got a skin tag, go to the doctor. Sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. No, you don't have to. They're fine. You're I'm go. Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. I just got a really bad text message. Lon Lopez. Oh, no. Not like not bad like in that way. No. Like dirty. Been. I don't want to know. Okay. Why do I'm I? Nate Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to go to Ape because my brother will be there. Use your powers. Are only <laughs> for good. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Those were good days. Those were good days. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.